Hello, and welcome to another edition of our podcast, which is unnamed. Hi, y'all. It's Ray. Oh, yeah. I have Ray with me. This is Court. start right in here with talking about some nba stuff but first we'd like to issue a call to all of our listeners court and i were just discussing the name of our podcast um as he mentioned we don't have one and we know we have at least uh three listeners out there that are creative um and so we just wanted to invite you all to send suggestions for a name of a this nba podcast that court and i will do fairly irregularly i think regularly or regularly we'll see okay maybe depending on how good the name suggestions are yeah and how many we get uh so let's start right off here by talking about the big news that everybody has been talking about all summer the big joe news. harris signing with the cleveland cavaliers <laughs> big news both uh in cleveland and in charlottesville i would say uh, the the real big news I think that we were going to talk about is LeBron James signing with the Cleveland Cavaliers again for the second time. At least the second. He might have signed an extension also the, Did long, he? Oh, the previous time. That's why I have Ray on this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's exciting and surprising. Uh, didn't seem like a whole lot of people knew about it. And then there was just this essay in Sports Illustrated that a couple of us read i i'm glad that he did what he wanted to do i think that's cool and i think <coughs> the cavaliers <coughs> are going to be a better basketball team than the heat will be next year so it seems like a relatively smart decision and if he wants to go back be back home i get all that so i think it's pretty cool what do you think about it court i think it was good that he signed a two-year contract um so that in a couple years he can sign with the knicks Mm, sign with the Knicks. Uh huh. But now he's now he's told all these people that he's gonna hang out in Cleveland that he's not going anywhere, and it sounds like he just convinced somebody else to come and play here for a while. Um, play here, play Cle- in Cleveland for a while. Um, he will play a little bit in New Orleans for yeah. a while, just like when they play a game yeah. in town. I don't know that anybody's gonna w- want to go play with uh, Carmelo Anthony in a couple of years when he's making twenty five million dollars a year and not being particularly productive, and not playing defense. Yeah, that's why he had to throw him off with all that talk mm. about, I'm going to stay in Cleveland forever. Okay, okay. it's a slow play. Yeah, okay. super it's slow a slow play. roll at Lake Guthrie. Um, all right, well, what do you, basketball-wise, Cortland, what do you think about the Cavaliers' prospects for next year? Uh, better, they're, they're obviously better than before. Uh, they're, I think they have the... I think they're the favorite to win it all. Not the you know majority favorite, but plurality or whatever. Um, Good specification. I don't think people uh, are clear about that enough. Um, and I'm glad that you yeah, said that people, in a yeah. plurality of outcomes they are projected to win R- the championship. Right, yeah. Obviously, it doesn't mean they're going to win more than the field. I would take the field there in any sport. Mm. I, would, I, would, you, I would take the field over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter the sport, mm. even baseball. Unless it's like, 
Federer, Nadal, like in their heyday. Versus all of the Cavaliers? Yes. In tennis? Yes. Do they all get rackets or do they have to share? Joe Harris gets two. Everybody else gets one. Joe Harris gets two rackets. Joe yes. Harris with two rackets versus Federer and Nadal doubles. Yes. You would take Joe Harris. I would take Federer and Nadal. Mm, me too. <laughs> um, I think I have a bet not unrelated to the Cavaliers. This is Wait, also I about. If Luke Neer was on this podcast right now, he would chime in about some UVA tennis player. So I just Dev feel like Devarman. we should acknowledge that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Samdev Devarman. I think. Uh, unrelated to Samdev, he won the national championship like singles or whatever. But I think they won the national championship, if not last season, then the season before that. So congrats to those guys. Um, we're getting a little off topic on NBA stuff here. But uh, LeBron James, he, they're going to be better with him. Is True. That, you know, Truer it, words have never been spoken. Yeah, nobody said that before in regards to that news. So glad we covered that uh he also signed to be their general manager yeah it's a strange little thing that's happening here all of lebron's friends are coming to play in cleveland it seems like some of them like mike miller are playing at a discount so that works out for cleveland it seems like some of them like james jones are just not very good at all and so they're just probably thankful that they have a friend who's really good at basketball and who is effectively running his team um, but yeah, it's kind of a strange dynamic where a player can more or less make all of the personnel decisions. Uh, what do you think about that, Cortland? I'm fine with his decisions as GM as long as he doesn't trade away Joe Harris. <laughs> Which it seems like he's not going to yet. Uh, for context, for people who don't know who Joe Harris is, he played on the Virginia Cavaliers last year. The Virginia Cavaliers, that's a college team, and he was their best player mm. in a long time, and he got drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers in the second round and signed a multi-year contract with them. Mm -hmm. And he's also been writing a little summer league blog, which is irregularly updated. <laughs> more, It's updated less than we update our blog. He's written two so far. I think Summer League is over as well. Summer League is over. Basically, he wrote one that was like, cool, I got drafted, and now I'm playing in the Summer League on the Cavaliers. And then he wrote another one that was like, oh, man, we just signed LeBron James. Cool. And I also ate a hamburger at this really good restaurant in Las Vegas. It <laughs> sounds like some hot content from Joe Harris, some inside stuff. It was a pretty long post. I was impressed with his second post. It was a long post. Um, he also said that he got to watch part of the baseball all-star game and he was rooting for the American League mm. because he's from Washington State. Okay. Yeah, so he's okay. a big American League fan because he's so from Washington State. Okay, well, that sort of makes sense. Because the Mariners, right? Because the Mariners, yeah, they are in the American League. They're in Washington State. Those things are true. Um, it's kind of funny that someone would root for a league in a game that no one cares about. He mentioned the fact that the American League, he believes, is 9-3 and three since they started. Mm -hmm. uh, it counted for World Series home field advantage. Or home, what do you play? Field, yeah, field in baseball. Yeah, home field advantage, which sort of kind of makes sense because the American League has generally been better than the National League. But it's also a singular baseball game that half the people don't care about. So it's just kind of a silly thing that they decide home field advantage from it. Um, 
He was also excited to see Derek Jeter's final All-Star game. And he was glad that Derek Jeter, he heard that Derek Jeter went two for two. I don't know if the American League actually is nine and three in the game since whenever, or that Derek Jeter went two and two for two in the most recent one. I'm just trusting Joe Harris on this. So Joe, if you're listening, I hope that you're right. Don't don't lead us astray, Joe. For future posts, just understand we take your post as gospel. So, um. so anyway, it's really important that LeBron James, GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers, doesn't trade away Joe Harris. Yeah. Uh, in this projected Kevin Love trade. Yes. And Ke- Kevin Love, who is entirely healthy, as as far as we know, at the recording of this podcast. Yes. We're not trying to date ourselves or anything. Yeah, we were wanted to make sure no major injuries happen between now and the time we post the podcast, or else our listeners would be really upset at us. Um, so yeah, it looks like this trade is going to happen. Now we're in this really awkward phase where everyone asks a lot of the players in in, in the trade if they're going to be traded on August twenty third, and they're actually not allowed to say anything. Um, I probably got ahead of myself. There's a trade that's going to happen. Kevin Love is going to go to the Timberwolves. Um, Andrew Wiggins, sorry, Kevin Love is going to go to the Cavaliers from the Timberwolves, and then Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett are going to go back to the Timberwolves with a first-round pick, but they can't actually announce it. It's not official until August 23rd, uh, which is still 12 days from now and is like three weeks from when they initially announced it. So now everyone's in an awkward place. And people keep asking Andrew Wiggins, like, hey, how does it feel to be on the Cuban Cavaliers, even though they don't want you and they're going to trade you away? And he looks really sad, and he gives all these awkward interviews. And so that's where we are. His uh, his interviews are awkward? It's just really sad. They're uh, just like... I'm kind of sad, too, because Joe, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Harris said that in uh, the summer league, they got to be kind of good friends. Because they, they were both like, yeah, we just got drafted by the Cavaliers. They're both um, small forwards, yeah. sort of. And you know, similar like prospects, you know, ceilings at least. Similar athletic ability. Uh huh. Um, similar style. I mean, I think uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to be a really good player. Mm. Do you think he's going to be better than Joe Harris? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean, no offense to Joe Harris. Joe Harris is going to be awesome, but okay. I think that Andrew Wiggins will end up being a better player. I'm going to agree with you. But I don't think he'll play as well. I, well, obviously, he's not Well, he's not allowed to say right now, but he's not going to play with LeBron. But I think Joe okay. Harris is a better fit to play with LeBron. I agree with that also. It seems like people that can shoot play well with LeBron because they get open shots and they make them usually. Yeah. Is, and so would you think that Kevin Love is a good fit there? I do think Kevin Love is a good fit. I think their offense is going to be pretty awesome. Because they really need to, they have to respect Kevin Love's perimeter shooting ability, and obviously, you basically have to double team LeBron every time he gets the ball. They're gonna run some crazy, awesome screens um, where the defenders are gonna have to decide to like get LeBron's drive or jump out on Love, and they just can't do everything, and something is gonna be open basically every time. So that's going to be fun to watch. And then, of course, they have Kyrie Irving, who's also really good at basketball. So I feel like there's just going to be a lot of space and a lot of good shooting and a lot of really nice passing because they're all really smart basketball players. Do you think that Love might bring his game inside a little bit more now? 
I that'll be interesting to see. I think I think he could. I think if Vergel and Tristan Thompson are on the court a lot of the time, since they don't have any range, I wouldn't be surprised if they're kinda down low, getting rebounds, doing all of that type of stuff. And so it might make sense for him to still be out on the post. And LeBron likes to work the post too. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah, I could see I feel like Kevin Love quietly has a really nice post game, so I'm sure that they'll mix that in too. All right. So you think it was a good trade by LeBron? I actually don't think it was a good trade. I think they'll be a lot better next year. But if I was LeBron, I would want to play with all these crazy, talented, young, athletic players um, and set myself up for like a extended period of success. Um, mm. not to be critical of Kevin Love, but he, he sort of got the body type that doesn't necessarily age well. And, you know, veterans. Are you, are you calling Kevin Love fat? He's a little doughy. Oh. He's a little doughy, you know, nothing wrong with that, but let's just say what it is. You know, Man. he already can't really jump that high. He's not particularly. So his game doesn't rely on place. having to be athletic. Maybe. Or he just like has enough athleticism to like do really well. Obviously he does really well now, but it's maybe if, you know, marginally that drops off, then he becomes like increasingly less effective. Hmm. But I, if I was LeBron and I could play with Wiggins, who's going to guard the best, who can guard the best perimeter offensive player every game, and he's just going to like continue to grow. And I still got Kyrie. Um, we got like future picks to either pick players or trade down the line. That's probably what I would have done, understanding that I might not be as good this year. But it seems like that's these stars just really love playing with stars, and the fact that. Wiggins is just a kid right now. Do you think that no. some teams, um, rather than trying to win championships only in the future, try to win championships like in the present? This is a foreign concept to me, but I understand that that is what some teams do. Can you really win a championship in the present? Yes. Or is it already <laughs> in the past by the time you've won it? Oh, that's a good question. So at the moment you've won, have you already have you already, already eclipsed? W- yeah, is it already in the past? Is there a moment when you are winning the championship? So as a person who has rooted for a team that has won a championship once in my life, I will say that immediately after the Phillies won in 2008, I was definitely happy. You were there, Cortland. Um, but I do think you're kind of like you're at – you get the mountaintop experience and you realize that it's all downhill from there. You know, as soon as you win it, that's the best. And then it's just going to keep getting worse. Yeah. Is that, it was kind of cathartic for me when the giants won the super bowl in 2007 over the 2007 season over the Patriots who were undefeated at the time. Cause it was like, that was kind of the best game I'll ever see in terms of fan rooting experience. And I didn't really have to worry about like having the best thing ever mm-hmm. happen to me again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was good. It took a kind of load off my shoulders. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's simultaneously really exciting and also kind of disappointing. Right. Luckily, I'm an Eagles fan, so I haven't had to deal with that phenomenon in football like you did. Right. The Giants. Like the Sixers, their championships are all in the future. Yeah, which is, like, in a way, kind of more exciting because there's just, like, you know, hope springs eternal. 
Right. For the, you know, the more in-depth analysis of the temporal questions about past and present, we'll have to defer to when Greg is actually on this podcast. But oh, yes. Yes. As for now, we'll leave that one as an exercise to the listener. Uh, speaking of future success, right here in our hometown, our adopted hometown, there is a player with immense potential, Mr. Anthony Davis, the unibrow. Mm. Um, All-American, national championship winner with Kentucky. Started off pretty good and has kept getting better and better. And is he just going to keep getting better, Ray? Is he going to be awesome this this next year? Is he going to make the All-Star game? I feel like he was pretty awesome last year. I feel like he's pretty, by all accounts, the you know the best, the third best player in the NBA behind Durant and LeBron last year. Um, I feel like he'll continue to get better, at least like on the margins. He's still like a relatively inexperienced basketball player, and as he just like learns the game a little bit better, I think he'll continue to improve. But he took a pretty big jump last year, so. I wouldn't expect a similar type of leap or else we'd, we're going to be talking about him as like the best player in the league. But I'm excited to watch him. He's like a crazy freakish athlete and just like physical presence. And he can do like all types of things on the basketball floor that just don't look like something that a human being ought to be able to do. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm continually impressed when I see him in person. Uh, his offensive game is incredible based on what you know when I watched him in college when they won the championship that wasn't what he did he obviously just you know defensively dominated the entire college basketball landscape while he played in college but he didn't have quite the touch with his shot and whatnot I mean he didn't really need to they were just destroyed that year so um but yeah he's a pretty fun player to watch um what about the Pelicans in general They've made some moves. This they've made some big trade. Even though LeBron James isn't their GM, like the Cavaliers, they have a GM who some people probably even know the name of. Dell Demps is it? Dell Demps? Maybe. <coughs> um, either is their current or former GM. Yeah, and so he's made a, a pretty big move this off season. He has trading um, a future first round pick for Amir Ashik. Does that pronunciation sound right, Corey? I don't know. This is kind of one of those other pronounce the name of the European player. Yeah, this is the only one we had. I, th- I think that's actually right. I think I've heard it pronounced enough times that... Although, is he... Is it? He's technically an Asian player? Is Turkey... Turkey is in Asia, possibly. I'm going ha- to have to defer to you. He's definitely Turkish. I don't know which continent it's on. I know that Turkey like participates in you know European stuff. Okay. I don't, yeah. I, I'm not even... They're not a part of the European Union yet, but they probably want to be. Um, Maybe, yeah. I feel like there's all this complicated but I think stuff for the Euro. Geologically, or whoever decides which continent is which, that they are in Asia. In mm. fact, I've seen that little landmass, or kind of big landmass that is Turkey. It says Asia Minor on it mm. in some maps. But I'm okay. no historian. Okay. I'm going to totally defer to you. I feel like you're... On pronunciation as well? No, I'm going to take my pronunciation. I'm going to trust your sense of geography. I would say Omer Ashik. Is that okay? Is the that only difference that I have is I, I have Omir Ashik. Oh. Um, and I'm more confident in the last name than I am in the first. Gotcha. But 
Um, Turkish. Anyhow, I do you want to try to pronounce? They played a lot of a different center with a non-European name. Do you want to take a stab at that name pronunciation? Jason Smith. I, I believe that's incorrect. What do you think it is? Jason Smith. Oh, okay. All right. That's an interesting pronunciation. Um. All right. I is he on the team anymore? Do we know? He's not, right? I don't think he is. Where Where did he end up? Uh, part of me wants to say Portland, uh-huh. but that doesn't necessarily make sense. No, that might make sense. They were trying to get Spencer Hawes, and they didn't get him. Oh, and they signed uh, Chris Kamen. I don't know where Jason Smith is. I, I hope he knows where he is. I hope he knows where he is, too, but... Ashik is going to be in New Orleans, and I think he's a really good player. The stats guys love him. Um, he's supposed to be one of the best like defensive centers in the league, and he just g- generally deters people from shooting around the basket, and that's a good thing because the shots go in a lot when you shoot them around the basket. So if you can stop the other team from doing that, that's good. Um, so, yeah, they again gave away a first-round pick for it for him. Um, this could be a bad pattern for the Pelicans. They now have all either like properly priced or overpriced veterans. And so they're not going to have any wiggle room to put other players around Davis. Um, but a Sheik's contract contract expires at the end of the year. And at least for this year, they have a really good rotation of six to seven players, um, that seem to fit well enough together. Um, the Sheik on defense should allow Davis to just kind of be like rangy and get his arms out and just like get in the way of everyone and get some steals and stuff. And so that's kind of cool. Yeah, he can move around really well. And I, I've seen him get some plays where he reaches around, grabs that steal, and just starts a break, really. Because mm-hmm. once he starts that break, he'll run on it too. Yes, sir. Um, so that's kind of fun. Definitely. Definitely. I remember when the Rockets, Ashik was injured, right? When the Rockets, we saw the Pelicans-Rockets game in the flesh, and Ashik, I believe, didn't even travel with the Rockets. So that sounds right, and that also might might have been when he was upset about not about being on a team with Dwight Howard, which seems to be a common thing in the NBA. Being upset on about being on Dwight Howard's team, yeah, or just like yeah, or the prospect of it even. Mm-hmm. Unless you're James Harden, you're not that excited about being on yeah. James, on Dwight Howard's team. Yeah. Anything that keeps the attention away from his defense probably makes him excited, though. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of injuries and people we didn't see in that game, uh, Drew Holiday was unfortunately injured at that point. Drew Holiday, he, former Sixer. He had a kind of mysterious injury. Well, yeah. in my mind, mysterious in that, like, they said, it seemed like maybe he was going to come back at some point, but he never came back for the whole season. Yeah, it was like an ankle thing or something. Yeah, he had like a, I want to say a broken ankle or something, some right. sort of break in there. But yeah, it seemed like there was, you know, the potential of him maybe eventually coming back, and so mm-hmm. I kept, you know, my hopes were up at least. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be exciting to see him back. I feel like. He fits well on a team that has a lot of guys that can score because he seems to be able to contribute by just like being a solid player, not necessarily taking a lot of shots, but he can shoot. So um, he's just a solid defensive player. I really like Drew Holiday. 
was sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited for all the assets that we got in his place. He seems like a nice guy. He does seem like a nice guy. Um, Plus, he isn't he married to that one of the U.S. national women's soccer player team members? I believe so. From UCLA. Yeah, they both went to UCLA yeah. together. So yeah, just like Chase Utley. Chase Utley is also. Oh, okay. Chase Utley is also married to Drew Holiday. Okay, so it's like a polyamorous thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. New Orleans, man. Yeah. What else are we doing here? Yeah. What else is Chase Utley doing in New Orleans? (laughs) Besides participating in that marriage, that's not none of the last things. None of that was true. Speaking of polyamory, after (laughs) speak. Uh, the Pelicans have, the, this is not a segue. The Pelicans have recently signed Jimmer for debt, ah. uh, who at one time Barack Obama uh, said was the greatest basketball player in the entire United States that was eligible to play college basketball at the time. And by greatest, he actually said most exciting offensive player because he was good yeah. at hitting really deep shots and yeah. hit a lot of them. Um, yeah. He hasn't had as much NBA success. He's also played in Sacramento, which mm. it's kind of difficult to determine if Sacramento quite has a plan for their team, uh, you know, basketball-wise. Uh, actual location-wise, they seem to have fended off any sort of, like, movement away from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. But um, basketball-wise, they they've had some players, some pieces and whatnot, but... It, it is con- they don't really seem to have a system in place do yes. you think that Jimmer Fredette will I can't give a good over under on minutes for played for the Pelicans for the total year or like average yeah per just game? average per game I feel like if Jimmer Fredette averages over 10 minutes a game this year it will be a success for him does that sound right it will be a not success for Eric Gordon or Tyreek Evans or Drew Holiday's health, I think. Yeah, true. But they also, I don't think that they have any depth. Like, I think they lost Brian Roberts. Um, I feel like Tyreek could play the three some. I feel like they could get, if Jimmer <laughs> with is... With Chase Utley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could play the three with Chase Utley. Chase Utley would be a great basketball player. Um, Would he be great in a threesome? I I have no information on that. I I make objective pronouncements, and I don't I don't have any information on that. I do appreciate the question. What though. type of threesome would Chase Utley be better at? <laughs> what type of threesome? Um, based on his swing. Based ooh, based on his swing. So he's a lefty. Um, he actually. We should probably we should probably stop. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna say next. Um, <laughs> All right, I think. We'll I feel like Jimmer could be a nice little little part of the team now. A nice little part of the team. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you think Jimmer Fredette or Joe Harris is gonna be a better player next year? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Joe Harris. Um, although I will say that if Joe Harris does not have a good year, it will be fun to troll on Caps fans. Mm. Ca- uh, Virginia Caps fans, mm. or even Cleveland Cavaliers fans, or even them, but I don't know any of them. So yeah, me either. Yeah, yeah. Um, w- so 
Jimmer Perdet, uh, should they unretire Pistol Pete Maravich's jersey number seven and give it to Jimmer Perdet for this upcoming season? I would support that. I would support that. Yes. Should they also give him a jersey that says Jazz on it, Utah Jazz on it? Yes. They should just generally go back to the Utah Jazz jerseys sometimes, right? Like, no, they should go back to the New Orleans Jazz jersey. Oh, yeah. That's what I... Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it could say New Orleans Utah Jazz on yeah. Jimmer Fredette's jersey. Every time they play... <laughs> every time they play the Jazz, actually, they should go back to the New Orleans Jazz just to make a statement. Be like, this is our thing. And even though you guys went to Utah for some reason... You know, we're we're making a claim on this music that does have something to do with our city and doesn't have anything to do with your city. Do you think which player do you think would be most confused if both teams were the Jazz, like in the in game? Which player of the starting lineups, or you know, even who would play a lot? Oh man, I just confused the Nuggets and the Jazz. I was definitely going to say Javale McGee because he's just confused in general, but he's on the Denver Nuggets. Yes, so that was as far a, la- last time I checked. It's a bad answer. Um, Inez Cantor. Oh uh, yeah. Um, he is he from Turkey, or is he uh, Greek? He played at Ohio State. I, w- I want to say he's Greek. Greek feels right. <laughs> Jim Fredette would also be confused. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we have very little time left here, uh, of our listeners' precious time that we've taken. But we still, we're going to go a little bit over. I'm just going to be honest with you listeners. We're, we promised 30 minutes and we over-delivered because we love you that much. Um, because we want to talk some about the worst team in the NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't, I kind of, first of all, it's just not necessarily say the worst team. Um, I think a little bit we're going to talk about is how the league is like hating on the Sixers because we're not prioritizing current success. But everyone should just like step back for a minute and realize that we actually had the second worst record in the NBA last year, despite the fact that we weren't building a team that was constructed to win games in the present. So let's just, you know, let's all just like reflect on it. Let's chew on that a little bit, right? Could you, man, what if you got a time traveling person on your team? Then you could win games in the future Ooh. before they happen. I don't. I'm not going to say that Sam Hinkie has not done this already. I just don't know that we would know it, mm. because you know I I feel like there are rules of time travel that I'm not familiar with. But I'm pretty sure if he employed an agent that was working in the future, that in the past we would not, aka the present, we would not know. Whoa, time travel is confusing, y'all. Yes, sir. I think we would need Greg to stop making a smoothie and come in here and explain it to us. But yeah. he's making a smoothie right now. He is making a smoothie in the present. In the present. Well, I think he just finished. Yeah. In the past. Um, and by the time you're listening to this, definitely the past. Although yeah. he might make another smoothie while you're listening to this. He likes smoothies. Um, do you think that Joel Embiid likes smoothies? Joel Embiid probably loves sm- smoothies. And, okay, this is just going to be a little public service announcement. Joel Embiid, he was the Sixers' top pick this year, uh, the number three overall pick. He is from Cameroon. Um, he's like seven foot one. Really has really good feet. People compare him to Hakeem Olajuwon, so that's all exciting. Um, he's hurt right now, but he'll probably be better in about like six to nine months. So that's cool too. Um, 
But what's you all need to know is that Joel Embiid's Twitter is probably the best thing about social media right now. Um, and so if you're not paying attention, then I encourage you to. You don't even have to. If you're like not the one who's not social media person people, you know. If you're not on Tinder. If you're not on Tinder, if you're not on Grinder, if you're not on Facebook or Instagram or MySpace. Yes. Then, and you're not on Twitter, I feel like it can be a little bit intimidating, all those things. But you don't even have to be on Twitter to read Joel Embiid's tweets. Mm. You can just like Google Joel Embiid and then like click on his Twitter page and read his tweets and you don't even have to have a Twitter handle. Gotcha. So just do that right now. Do you have to know how to spell his name? Ray, do you think you can spell his don't look? Try to spell <laughs> his name without looking. J O E L. That's his first name. That's correct. Yes. E M B I I D. That's his last name. That's correct. Yeah. So that's if you what is it? Does he have a special Twitter name though? Joel Embiid. It's just Joel Embiid. Yeah. So if you type those letters in that Ray just said into your computer or into your um, phone or your like parents' computer or whatever, and go onto Twitter. You should read some of his tweets. Last I read his tweets, he was trying to get he was trying to get married to Rihanna or something. Yes, and so that's a he's had all of these great memes. One of them is um, one. Well, for one, he hit on he asked Kim Kardashian to slide into his direct messages, and I still don't really understand that, but I think it was an advance. And then he realized that she was with Kanye West, um, but now he's hot after. Rihanna and the way that he's courting her is by doing hashtag Johanna and sending out these like pictures of like them photoshopped together. Um, and it's just pretty awesome. Here's a kind of example. Um, I just want to tell y'all some, I don't slide anyone's DMS. So no, it's not going to happen. Ninja wrecked it. Johanna. And my phone just stopped. But that was a tweet. It was such a good twi- tweet that your phone stopped. Yeah. Technology cannot handle Joel Embiid's creative genius. Did he slide into your phone and ninja it? And there were some other words in there that tweet. None of the words in made a lot of sense to me, but I could sense the power of what he was saying. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty great. He also basically, like every other day, says he's going to quit Twitter. And then, like, usually within hours... He responds again. Mm, that's sad. Um, he he's addicted to Twitter. Yeah, no, I think he's. So the thing is, is he's hired a social media consultant. Did you read about that, Court? Wait, so that person, he hired someone to tweet for him. That sort of makes his tweets a little less great because he might be getting coached on it. Mm. But it also seems to kind of make sense because he's saying all these goofy things, but he's not really offending anyone or like getting in hot water um so he's like getting some publicity um but yeah so it it could make sense that a social media consultant is behind what he's doing how much Um, do you think that person makes that social media consultant for joel Embiid? and one do you think they have multiple clients yes Mm, that sounds like a lot of work right writing tweets for a bunch of people I think it's probably not that Especially much. Especially if they're addicted. I feel like 
If I you're don't addicted think he's to addicted. other if you're addicted to like if you're an alcoholic, can you hire someone to drink beer for you? Probably. If you're addicted to heroin, can you <laughs> hire someone to do heroin for you? Probably. I but believe. I don't so okay, I don't think what's going on here is ghost tweeting. Let's just be clear. I think it's more of like coaching and developing a social media strategy. I think he might be tweeting himself, but he just has some advice. Who do you think is a better coach? Whatever the guy's name is who coaches the Philadelphia 76ers or Brett Joel, Brown. Jo- Brett Brown. Do you think that Brett Brown, his name is really Brett Brown? Mm-hmm. Oh, I knew a guy named Brett Brown. It wasn't the same guy. Uh, do you think that Brett Brown or Joel Embiid's Twitter coach is a better coach? I would say that as of the data that we have right now, I mean the present. Joe Joel Embiid's tweets have been more successful than the Philadelphia 76ers by far. Brett Brown has shown some promise. I still like him. They've won more games. But Joel Embiid has been pound for pound the best tweeter that I've seen, you know, and I've seen like 20 tweeters, you know. Need better than Shaq? Better than better than Shaq. Yeah. Better than Shaq in his prime prime tweeting days. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, Shaq's kind of Shaq's more about like his persona, you know, his like presence. Joel Embiid's really an artist. He's a poet. Do you think that Joel Embiid has a persona as well? Probably. Yeah, I think he's revealing it in a different way. But Shaq's was like, you know, funny interviews. He's really big, kind of warm, you know. Joel Embiid just now he's just working the tweet game. Just that cold tweet game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with some other really good tweets. He says these girls ain't loyal a lot. Um, he also had a meme that Wiggins can't jump, which is kind of funny because uh, Wiggins can jump really high, like the highest of basically almost anybody. Of human beings? Uh, that play basketball. The human beings that played basketball for the University of Kansas? And just in general, maybe. Mm. Zach Levine can also jump really high. What else do you say? He says, that burger was juicy and I ain't even flexing. Wiggins can't jump. That's, that was all one tweet. That was actually only even a part of the tweet. Um, well, don't ruin all of them for the people that are going to look them up later. Uh, so the 76ers, how bad are they going to be next year? I think they're going to be pretty terrible. Um, actually, I read a really good article on Liberty Ballers, um, which is a Sixers blog, uh, that one talked about how they did a really good job at like shooting the right kind of shots. Certain shots on the floor, like the corner three, um, are more efficient than other shots, like the mid-range jumper from 18 feet, um, where you're just going to, av- like on average, you're going to get more points out of those shots. Um this, they were talking about how the Sixers did a really good job of taking the right kind of shots. They just had awful, awful shooters, so they did not uh, score a lot of points, which is a problem in basketball, it turns out. Um, that's going to continue to be a problem because they still don't have really any players that can shoot except for Jason Richardson, and he hasn't really played in a little while, and he's kind of old. Kind of old. 
Yeah, he's pretty old. Like I remembered, I, last time I played a vis- uh, basketball video game, mm-hmm. which was a long time ago, mm-hmm. Jason Richardson was in the basketball video game. Yeah, like no, I don't think that any of the other players that I remember being in that basketball video game still play. He is old, and we we're talking about Kevin Love being doughy. He's also a little bit. He's a little bit doughy. Oh, he got fat. I mean, he just got a little, little something, something. Oh going man, on. Jason Richardson. Yeah. So all that to say, because we're actually talking about Jason Richardson and a in a little ditty about whether the Sixers are going to be, that indicates that they're not going to be very good, but they are going to be athletic. Um, Nerland's Noel is going to be exciting to watch. He's going to block a lot of shots and get a lot of steals. He's probably not going to be very good on offense this year, but that's okay. Michael Carter Williams is still a solid player. Hopefully he continues to improve his jump shot. Um, And yeah, we're going to trade away our best player. It seems like Thad young for Anthony Bennett to get actually into a three-way trade with the Timberwolves and the Cavaliers or to do it after the trade. A three-way trade. A three-way trade. Okay. Um, I feel like maybe the name of our podcast should be Court and Ray's Three-Way. <laughs> does that, does I, that well, sound good? I don't know if someone suggests it. Okay. If uh, one listener listening out there suggests it, then our podcast name could be Court and Ray's Three-Way. Yeah. Okay, so just put that don't don't let that stifle your other ideas. I know you've got them, but we'll just put that out there. Anyhow, I'm excited about the Sixers season. They are probably going to be bad, but we should see a lot of improvement out of the young players. It seems like we're going to get Anthony Bennett in this three-way. I'm excited for that. <laughs> um, he actually can shoot and seems to add another dimension to our team. He's just like a young player that has some upside. We're probably going to draft another good player next year. And so I'm excited and I'm down on all the haters who are trying to change the lottery because the Sixers are being bad. This is probably a longer conversation, but they're just playing with the rules that were given and they're not, you know, they're not trying to make themselves in just like a mediocre team and just like putts along. They're trying to be a really good team. And that requires being bad and developing young players and getting guys in the draft, and that's the way it works. Do you think so everyone just got to deal with it? Do you think there's some kind of uh, uh, heroic nature, uh, you know, quality to winning, you know, a f- decent amount of games and going to the playoffs and losing every year, kind of like the Hawks, or m- maybe less so the Hawks now, but I guess yeah, definitely the Hawks. I don't think it's heroic. I think there's something to it, like. Even though rooting for the Eagles in the early aughts was kind of painful because they always lost before the Super Bowl, getting to the playoffs every year was good. I guess they got further. I guess they're not a good comp to the Hawks. They got further than the Hawks. Yeah. But I think there's something to that, and a certain type of fan probably is prefer that than being awful for a couple of years. But I think I'm over just being a mediocre team without a real shot. I don't think it's fun to root for a team that is just going to get steamrolled by the Spurs or LeBron's team. It's probably most fun to like root for the Spurs because they yes. make the playoffs all the time and then win it a lot too. Yes, that's true. Um, that's true. Or yeah. or is it more, is the victory sweeter because you've tasted the defeats? Yeah. And the tweets. Yeah. And I feel like you go to a barbecue joint in San Antonio and get a Texas three-way, huh? Texas three-way. 
Some, something about it bigger. That was a really bad joke. I don't even know what that means. I do think that, like a three-way is something you get at a like a diner or like a, a restaurant, right? It's like yeah, it has depends like on the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not a tech. Maybe that's a New Orleans. I feel bad for the janitors at that restaurant. Even if it's in Texas. <laughs> um, so that concludes the portion of the podcast where we're talking about how the bad the Sixers are going to be. Um, they're either, at this point, depending on the status of the smoothie, either Greg is going gonna, is gonna to appear and talk about things, or maybe this is just going to be the end. It's gonna, if, you, if it is the end, I'm going to put in some music right now. If it um, is the end, we thank you for listening. <laughs>